Welcome to Real Tech Hours, the podcast where we talk about tech during Real Tech Hours. It has certainly been a minute since we were last on here, but we are back. And we're going to be trying to run it up again. Probably not as well structured as it was before. I, uh, oh boy, I'm trying to log in here to see when the last episode was, and it was not having it. Um, but yeah, probably not as well structured as it was before. I really the reason why I fell off is because I just didn't have as much time to put together the episodes uh, as I'd wanted to. Uh, let's see, last episode went up on the 24th, 6:24. Oh my goodness, of June. Uh, two more weeks, and it would have been three months since last Real Tech Hours podcast. And I had thought previously about, uh, you know, getting back into it before now. Uh, I actually was thinking about doing an episode back on su- Saturday. I was pretty confident about it, and then I uh, slept in, and it just didn't happen to work out. So I decided, all right, we'll go back to our normal days. We'll go back to Wednesdays, the days we swapped it to, for a nice little podcast and and i wrote a quick little script i'm probably going to do this more often now instead of writing full-on scripts where i just read them and then talk i'm just going to write little uh bullet points and notes for me to discuss and then talk about it um because that's one of the reasons why i really fell off is because it felt like i was just kind of like reading out articles and that's not the whole point of why i started this whole thing was to get my ideas out there and talk about things in general but another reason is because it kind of fell off where uh, you know, you can only do so much as, like, a one-man show. It's not it's not as interesting as I would like it to be if I had somebody else to talk with about these topics, somebody who knew, uh, you know, as, about as much as I did or, or more or less or, or something like that so that we could, um, you know, really get into a nice, good discussion about, you know, some of these topics and, and the different things that I'm talking about and, and it's just more interesting that way when you have another person uh, sitting across from you that you can talk to and it becomes more of a conversation uh, and people can follow along. And it's just it just makes for a better experience in general, honestly. Um, but other than that, let us jump into it. So really quick, as always, if you have a question, comment, topic you want to see discussed, or just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. That is realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter at realtechhours to stay up to date with the podcast. So first, actually, really quick, let me mention, I did not write it down here as one of my notes, but the first thing we're going to jump into is smartphones. And speaking of smartphones, Android 11. Android 11 is out now if you have a Pixel device and even some other devices, a couple one plus devices, a couple Oppos, a couple Realme's, um, all got a beta version of Android 11, whereas the Pixel's got the full-blown version uh, thrown on their devices yesterday. If you have a Pixel or any of those devices that I mentioned, you can look it up. Uh, just type in Android 11 onto Google, and it'll come up with the full list here. I'll look really quickly for everybody. It says Android 11 is here and not just for Google Pixel devices. Um, some OnePlus, Xiaomi, Oppo, and Realme phones are getting the update today too. So let's go through the list now that I've pulled it up. A, it goes as far back as the Pixel 2, obviously, and uh, OnePlus has confirmed that the OnePlus 8 and 8 Pro will be getting it uh, today and through an open beta, uh, as well as Oppo's X2, Reno 3, and Realme's 
X50 Pro. Xiaomi is rolling it out to the Mi 10 and the Mi 10 Pro. And then Google came out and said, obviously, more partners are launching and upgrading their devices over the coming months. So today will likely be the first of many announcements coming throughout the uh, coming months. Um, a, a, a quick little review. It looks nice. I, I mean, there's not a whole lot of immediate design changes the first uh oh boy yep sure we'll do that the first immediate change that i did notice i, I just got a notification on my thing to get app suggestions at the bottom of my screen that's kind of interesting um because for those who have a pixel i don't know which other devices do this if you swipe up to go to your app drawer the very top bar is separated from everything else and it's suggestions based on what it thinks you're going to use based on your usage patterns and what time it is and and all those other kind of things when you generally tend to use apps and apps you tend to use more and it just offered to put them on my home screen now so it's a little row at the bottom i don't know how i feel about that it feels a little clustered i'll try it out for a little bit and we'll see uh, what's happening here but um i do like the notification bar it feels everything is more a little more spaced out i kind of like that uh it didn't it felt kind of cluttered before when you were going through it i'd after a long day of work my phone would have you know 15 million different notifications across the top because i just generally i don't check my phone while i'm at work i'm working and um so i'd be having to go through those and, and everything would be so close together and i'd be trying to swipe things away and i'd absolutely swipe something away that i didn't want to and blah 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 so basically it, it cleans it up a little bit it moves silent into its own little section it moves your regular notifications in another section and it moves conversations into a section at the top with each section having some blank space in between them and i kind of like that uh it feels a little nice they did make the uh so once you swipe down once for the notifications you swipe down again for the little drawer of your little quick toggles they made it shorter. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. It's only six instead of nine. So I don't have everything on my front page as I was like. Um, although I did not really use the bottom half, the bottom three as much. I mainly use them to toggle them off when things like uh, Do Not Disturb uh, came on or I have my phone after nine o'clock to set itself to a nightlight mode. So it's a little, um, little blue filter on it. Uh, they added a screen recorder. I've yet to test it out. Uh, they added nearby sharing as a kind of toggle dealy. Um, yeah, so really, I, I just have to go through this and, you know, give me some time. Maybe by next week, I can get you guys uh, with a little review or, or some thoughts that I put together. But I just wanted to let you all know that it's out there and it's available for download. Um, the main thing that everybody's talking about is the uh, conversations other than in the notifications. Whenever you are using Google Messages now, you can have them in the Facebook Messenger style bubble interface. So where the little bubble is floating on your screen constantly and, and it makes it easier to quick reply when you're inside other apps for multitasking. I liked that about Facebook Messenger. I hated everything else. Um, so hopefully, you know, this is something that, you know, works. Uh, hopefully something that works. Actually, I liked a lot of things about Facebook Messenger. I just hate that it was from Facebook. Um, but anyways, let's jump right into it. So first, talking about smartphones. Uh, 
well, wait a moment with Android. We need to talk about this Microsoft Surface Duo. I absolutely love this thing. I such a beautiful device, such a beautiful device. Ultra thin. It's got Windows and it's got Android and it is $1399, which is not too bad for a folding device. And it's got flagship specs and it looks like a beast. And I really, I really want it. I, I really, really want it. But the thing is, is I know I need to wait for the next device to come out because this device is using last year's specs. So what does that mean? Flagships that are coming out this year will have this year's flagship specs. The Surface Duo was finished last year and it was announced early. If you guys remember that, we talked a lot about that. So that developers could get an early head start a year in advance of the launch for time to adjust their how their applications function on a dual screen device such as the Surface Duo. And when they did that, they could not change the specs of the device because they had to send the developers the devices so that they could know how they work and all those other kinds of things to make the necessary modifications. So that means that it's stuck at the last year's production specs. That means we've got an older Snapdragon. That means we've got less RAM on the device. That means we have, you know, it's just, it's last year's specs. I don't know how else to put it like that. And uh, last year's specs at flagship price point uh, is not, you know, something I'm very interested in, especially considering that the A55 is not much of a tank. The Snapdragon A55 running two screens, I've heard they're not allowed to post actual uh you know, software reviews of it yet. They're only allowed to review the hardware. And that is because, you know, MKBHD mentioned it. Uh, I saw them review it on Unbox Therapy, but um, Marquez said, look, this thing's going to be slow. It's going to feel slow. Uh, it's got not a lot of RAM and it's got an older processor. It's the first generation device. Wait for the second one. This next year's device is probably going to be an absolute beast. Guaranteed. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm there's very little doubt in my mind that I won't buy it. And, yeah, it really is just such an interesting device. I mean, different millions of ways to use it. It looks nice. Uh, the only main issue is that the bezels on the screens on the inside are a little too big. They need to have bezels so you can hold the stupid thing. I don't think it needs to be bezel-less, uh, but they're very big. They need to be smaller. Cut them back down maybe half the size, maybe a third of the size of what they have them at now, and that'll be A1. It'll look beautiful. No cameras on the back. We don't need that crap. Keep the cam on the front. The back of the phone is clean. It's One side is blank, and the other side has the Windows logo on it. Uh, I do believe they're glass back. Um, not, too, not too sure on that, um, but definitely check this sucker out. It is a very, very interesting device. Uh, one of my favorites of this year. Uh, probably my favorite device this year, to be quite honest. I'm sorry, Pixel 5, I think you're just around the corner, but this Surface Duo, I mean, when we saw last year, it was super dope, and when we see it now, it blows me out of the water. It releases in two days, I think. It comes out on the 11th, um, so we'll talk about it more definitely next week. But anyways, keeping with smartphones, the Pixel 4a dropped. What an absolute beast. I mean, Google is, if they blow it out of the water with the 4a 5G in the Pixel 5, or if they're even just decent, I mean, if they're even just good phones, they don't even have to be great phones, they just have to be good phones, better than last year, better than the Pixel 4, I mean, 
a ballpark year. They are knocking it out of a ballpark. The Pixel 4a was rumored at 399. It drops at 349 with mid-tier specs on this sucker, with a top-tier camera on this thing. I, I mean, it, it's it really is the best budget device available right now on the market. There is no question about it. Like it destroys the that little iPhone, whatever it is, SE2, right? I think is what it's called. Obliterated. Uh, all of the mid-tier Samsung devices obliterated. Like, because it's got the Pixel camera on it. Really, that's, like, if you're going for a budget device, that is mainly the only really thing that you need on a budget device because you're not using it for performance. If you're using it for performance, you're missing out. Step up to an upper mid-tier or a flagship device. Don't waste your time. If you're looking for storage, go with something that's got a monster storage on it, but that's going to cost you more. That's going to run upper mid-tier flagship device status unless you get you know expansion with an SD card slot or something like that. Um, but then even then, you're still paying that upper tier to flagship price because those SD cards uh, and those micro SD cards are expensive. They're not cheap. Um, so really what people are looking for is a smooth experience and a nice camera, at least in my opinion. I, I, that's what I would provide. If I went out and made a mid-range phone, that's what I would provide. Smooth Android experience with a nice, nice camera, flagship style camera. And really, they don't even need a great camera module on the back. It's the same one that's on the 3. It's the same one that's on the 4. Uh, I, the same primary camera that's on all these devices. And they produce beautiful photos. I absolutely love the Pixel processing software that goes into the after workings of the camera. I mean, they just look so real to life. You, I don't even understand why... You know, any other phones think they compete. I get it. Like, you know, iPhone has their thing, but they're so hit or miss, and they're often oversaturated. Samsung has theirs, but they feel very bright, very vivid as well. It's like, I just I just don't get it. I The Pixel 4 is the most consistent shooter out there, and, you know, and I, and I just love the way that the photos look. I love the way that the photos look, and... Uh, Hopefully here in a couple of days, I think it's rumored to happen in a couple of days, the 4A 5G and the Pixel 5 should be unveiled for October releases, if I remember correctly. Should be an unveiling event soon, and then uh, pre-orders, and then obviously they get released in October, I think is the timeline. I'm not 100% sure, there's nothing confirmed, you know, no Google event has been announced or anything like that. But we should be seeing it soon. It is uh, Techtober, as MKBHD likes to call it. We did get announcement of an Apple event, which we will talk about here in a moment. Um, but yeah, the Pixel 4a 5G, that's going to be interesting. Starts at 499. It's only, what is that, 349 versus 499, so $150 difference for 5G, and most likely a little bit of a spec bump there, considering uh, that we're going up by $150 and and I can tell you right now, 5G modems don't cost $150, uh, but they do cost a lot for flagship level. But this is this is flagship level. This is using the 725G um, processor or the 735. I can't remember which one it is, but it's basically the latest Snapdragon mid-range processor that can handle 5G. It's going to be the same as what's in the Pixel 5. 
that's why they're going to bring the price of Pixel 5 down. People have been saying, you know, rumored uh, 7.99 starting price. I think it's going to be 6.99. Pixel 5G is going to be 6.99. It's only going to be or 5.99 at that point, or or 6.50. It's going to be somewhere in that six to seven hundred dollar price point range because it can't be that much more than the 4A 5G without a serious spec bump. We would need to see a serious spec bump for consumers to take the 5 seriously. And I don't think Google wants a repeat of last year. They, they can't screw this up again. Genuinely, they can't screw this up again. Um, I mean, look, I love Pixels, but I, I've already confirmed I am buying a Surface Duo next year. All right, so they, they have lots of competition out in the space from everybody else. You cannot screw this year up. It has to happen this year. This has to be their breakout year. But moving on, we got to talk about this Apple Tech event just really quickly. It's happening on September 15th. The whole leaks were that there's something happening yesterday. A whole bunch of tweets. People were like, yo, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Uh, a press release, a press release is coming out. New Apple Watch was the rumor. A new iPad Air is the rumor. And boom, special Twitter hashtag appears on Twitter. It's got a little Apple event and then their little logo at the end of it. And then Apple comes out and says, all right special event on the 15th here's your virtual invites let's get this bread um what's gonna happen who knows uh we could see the iphone 12 i wouldn't be surprised they genuinely do launch them you know around this time of the year this is uh, i mean we're kind of waiting we, we we've got a lot of leaks a lot of rumors the iphone 12 is going to be 5g compatible it's not going to be 5g compatible it's going to have a high refresh rate it's not going to have a high refresh rate I, I mean we're all over the place really here so Apple needs to like come in strong six days from now and bang it out and show, and show us what they got. Um, really quick, I didn't throw it in here, but since we're about to move into a little bit of um, gaming coming up, uh, today is the reveal, multiplayer reveal for the Call of Duty Cold War trailer. I'm uh, super excited about that, super stoked. Played the in-game event in Warzone for Call of Duty reveal. Absolute banger an absolute banger we'll have to talk about it more in the next podcast but i mean that was a wonderful event people talk about fortnite setting the bar when it comes to uh an excellent in-game event they definitely have they've blown it out of the water there uh from the jump all of their in-game events have been fantastic i played fortnite from launch up until you know uh, a couple seasons in and I mean, they they really set the standard for in-game events, and the Warzone one was absolutely fun. It wasn't anything too flashy, it wasn't anything too fancy, but it was great, and it, it played f- smooth and played flawlessly. And I mean, if they really just keep that formula going, they're 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 golden, they're golden. If they just slightly improve on it every single time, they're golden. I mean, hopefully we get another in-game event today. It's not looking likely. It's looking like we'll just get the multiplayer reveal event and, and whatnot, but uh, that was absolutely cool. Anyways, speaking of gaming, let's talk a little bit about t- tech in the gaming space. We've got to talk about the NVIDIA launch of the 3000 series GPUs. When they announced this thing, it blew me out of the water. This is absolutely crazy. The amount of changes that they could have done in a year. So back when the the 2000 series launched and the RTX came out, it was clear that those devices were overpriced. And it later came out that 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 was the case, that they were overpriced on purpose because one, they were difficult to produce. We'll talk about that in a moment. And two, 
they just you know really expected demand to be high enough that they could float this price and people would still buy enough of them and it ended up you know kind of flopping and that's why i really when the rtx launched i mean these things were just way too overpriced like for example the 2080 which ti or the 20 no sorry just the 2080 the regular card which is supposed to be their upper end flagship but still at a consumer level um sorry 2080 ti is what it was yes the rtx 2080 ti launched a thousand dollars and the nvidia titan rtx launched at twenty five thousand dollars these things were expensive this these things were crazy these things were crazy it's not even it's not even funny i mean they're just they're way too expensive the 2060 launched at 349 uh they had the 2060 tu i don't know what that means 300 dollars. a 2060 super 400 dollars. a 2070 at 500 to 600 dollars, somewhere in that price point 2070 super was 500 dollars, kind of undercutting the 2070 but that was released later on the 2080 started at 700 dollars, and then later went up to as much as 800 dollars. and the 2080 super came in undercut the 2080 at 700 i mean they were all over the place with these price points and release dates and it really really didn't make a whole lot of sense and their upper end cards were just stupid overpriced the 2080 ti went for as much as $1,300. That's crazy. The NVIDIA Titan went for as much as $2,500. And really, nobody needs a Titan. Nobody needs a Titan at $2,500 to get you a 2080 Ti. Um, but basically, these the 3070 is going to provide the same performance as a 2080 Ti, so the upper end one, and this is the mid-range. 3070 is the mid-range, because there's going to be a 3060 one below this, so that'll be the, the lower end. The mid-range device is going to provide as much as last year's flagship at under half the price. The 2080 Ti comes in at $1299 at launch. The 3070 will come in at $599 in two days. Two days. This sucker is crazy. I'm waiting for the reviews to see this thing because uh, I'm probably going to snap me up a 3000 series. I mean, these things look like absolute beasts. The 3080, this year's flagship, is an absolute beast it comes in at 799 so it's slightly higher than the 2080 at launch but i mean this sucker is cranking 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 it's going to be better than 3070 at 799 i mean this this sucker is going to kill this sucker is going to kill the 3090 which is their new titan card is half the price of last year's titan it is 12.99 that is insane it's insane They're, they absolutely killed it Crushed it the park. Man, am I sweating for NVIDIA this year. Or, sorry, AMD. Because they're going to release GPUs this holiday season. At some point, it's going to happen. And boy, if they aren't killers, they're done. They're done this year. Time to go back to the drawing board and start for next year. Because these 3000 series cards are absolutely killing it. So why the sudden improvements? What happened between this year and last year? Two big things. One, the obvious, software improvements on how processors are handled. Something about how, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not like a tech genius when it comes to the real software aspects of how they improve these things, um, but it's something along the lines of how processes are handled in the actual 
compute unit where it's supposed to be a faster transfer across the computing units, if that makes uh, any sense. Basically, when it's trying to go and render stuff, it's able to speak in between its different little processors much, much faster. That's supposedly one of the improvements. The second is Samsung, and Samsung really stepped in here and helped them with the manufacturing process. They converted the cards from a low yield 14 nanometer wafer to a high yield 8 nanometer wafer. So, uh, as I mentioned before, the 30, the 20, the 2000 series cards were overpriced. There's no doubt about it. They were overpriced, but the reason they were so overpriced, one of the main reasons really, was because the manufacturing process led to a low output. Basically, when they're making these cards, they have to make them in these big circles. Call uh, some of the components come in these big circles called wafers, and it's the processors. They come on these big, big circles called wafers. And um, when you are going through and you're creating these wafers, you have, you know, they ha they have to be very, very close to specifications and it's very difficult because you're in literally you're in nanometers. That's how big these things are and uh, a misplacement of some of these little components on these wafers just destroys the whole thing and so basically when they're going through and making these there's a yield rate and it's how much of the wafer is actually usable it was very very low on this thing on, on the the cards that they were using for the for the 2000 series and not only to mention that, it's a 14 nanometer. So if you don't know, 14 nanometers is an older processor. Current processors uh, like the Ryzen series are using 7 nanometer. And your phone is most likely an 8 or 10 nanometer uh, process. As they're getting better, they're getting smaller. Um, but yeah, Samsung stepped in and said, hey, let's help you out here. They came up with an 8 nanometer wafer that they were able to use. And this sucker is high yield. They're going to make a lot of these very little room for error and it's really going to make the overall manufacturing process that much easier that's why a lot of this price point is heavily heavily decreased and why the performance is so insanely improved the ampere 2.0 like we're talking about with the software improvements and this new manufacturing process i mean they absolutely killed it this year this they couldn't have done better they genuinely couldn't have done better uh, especially considering the time we're in the pandemic lower price points means more people are going to buy because less people have more money. Uh, I mean, they're sure people are saving, but they're sitting on this money. They're not just going out and spending it, and they're also not making as much money as they were before. But with that out of the way, we got to talk about PS5 and Xbox Series X. One of the main reasons, uh, actually, over on Linus Tech Tips, they talked about this. Linus said, uh, you know, why are these NVIDIA cards priced so aggressively? It's not the AMD, it's going to be these consoles. And these consoles are going to be insanely aggressively priced this year. It's not even funny. We've already seen one drop today. The Xbox Series X, sorry, has dropped yesterday. It's coming in. The Xbox Series S, sorry, not the X. The S is going to be the smaller little version. It's semi-unveiled. It looks kind of like a drive through speaker. It's white. It looks like half the size of the X. If you chopped it from the top to the bottom, price $299. That's aggressive. That's really aggressive. Next-gen gaming at 299 This is the smallest Xbox ever. They're claiming 
uh, obviously the device is going to be an all digital console. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but it's going to be 1440p and up to 120 FPS, direct X ray tracing, variable rate shading, variable rate refresh rate. I mean, these specs that they're rumoring at 299 is giving PC a run for its money. And, but 299, that's low. That's stupid low, you might be saying to yourself. Yes, it is. Here is what I think this sucker is going to be. I think this sucker is going to be a streaming machine. It's basically going to be a game streaming machine. You're going to have to have some kind of cloud service step in here and take over most of the processing. And this sucker is going to just deliver the video output to your screen. It's going to be similar to Stadia, similar to, uh, you know, Microsoft has their their own thing with their Xbox Game Pass or something like it's called. Uh, it's not, not the same as their uh, Xbox Live. Um, they have a, a game subscription service. That's what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be something similar to that. A very small hard drive on the actual device, just enough for the system and maybe a handful of games, tiny games. Um, but really, most of the processing is not going to take place on this device. It's going to take place in the cloud. That is my guess at 299, unless they are seriously, seriously undercutting themselves here on profit. But I really don't see that as being reality. So now it's time for some real prediction hours. Since we're talking about consoles, we have to predict the other price points now that this has come in. Uh, first, we have Xbox Series X, less prediction, more of a rumor. Uh, the fridge version, the big, tall, black obelisk. 599 is the rumor price point, coming according to Pringles. What? The chip. Pringles, the chip. Uh, they are doing a giveaway, and people looked into the giveaway, and they went and did the math, and whenever you're doing a giveaway, you have to list the rules and the uh, expected value of the prize, and after doing some math, people came away with the expected value of the prize being $600 per console. It's, you know, a high price point, but hey, look at the Series S, it's $300, it's half the price. All right, I think they're afraid of the PS5, I genuinely do, because when it comes to PS5, here's my prediction. The PS5, the digital edition with no disc reader, 399. I've said it before. I'll say it again. 399, 399, 399. This sucker is going to be $400. No cap. It was rumored earlier in this year. We talked about it on a previous podcast way back when that the production cost was at $450. PlayStation, Sony, they want this sucker to come in swinging, 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 swinging. I guarantee you they've done some improvements since then. It's been a couple months and they've had time. 399 is going to be the price point for the driveless version. For the version with the drive, it's going to be 449. It cannot be another. It could be another hundred dollars, but I really don't see that happening. Another hundred dollars, really, in the mindset of a consumer, when you think about it, is a whole spec bump. You see a little jump in the specs there, as we talked about earlier with the 4A 5G versus the 4A. Even though that was a 150 dollar jump, there's going to be a spec bump there. You expect a spec bump for 150 dollars. For 100 dollars, you're expecting the same thing. You're expecting a pretty major bump, not just a hard drive. So unless they provide something more than just a hard drive in the driver in the hard drive, not sorry, hard drive, I keep saying hard drive, the disc reader version of the PS5, it's going to be $50 more. It's going to be $50 more. It has to be $50 more. The sucker's going to be $399 for the no disc reader, $499 with the disc reader, 
it's going to be fantastic. This holiday season is going to be absolutely crazy. I can't wait to see this. Um, hopefully they announce something soon on Sony's end. Uh, they really need to come out now that the Series S is rumored at 299. They need to say, hey, PS5 with no drive is going to be 399. But look, here's why it's going to be 399. You've got this monster one terabyte hard drive in this sucker. You've got the best, you know, graphical performance and, and computing units that money can buy. And the sucker's going to be a beast. And we've got this whole the special storage system that we've been talking about for a really long time. It's going to make games smaller and and blah 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 and run faster whatever all uh, yada 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 all that fun stuff anyways let's keep it rolling next we're going to talk about the sony wh 1000 xm 3 active noise cancellation wireless headphones why are we talking about the sony wh 1000 xm 3 active noise cancellation wireless headphones you might be asking it's because i bought a pair i bought i bought a pair these are the pair everybody knows about everybody talks about them they are the 350 dollar wireless headphones that sony produces they are the top of the line for sony's active noise cancellation lineup and they are absolute beasts so uh but for those of you who don't know the xm4s did come out just recently they're priced at the same price point as the xm3s the xm3s obviously got a little bit of a discount now um but why did i buy a pair so basically back uh Right around the time of when I stopped doing the podcast, I'd, I, I'd been spending a lot of time watching content on my phone, and I'd used, often I was using my um, Razer little earbuds, Razer hammerheads, that's what they're called, the little Razer hammerheads, and, you know, having those in for hours on, on end is not our, not the greatest um, especially when you're just sitting there watching content and, and, you know, they sound fine, but I wanted something, you know, if I'm going to be sitting there, I'm going to, I'm going to put a little money into it. So I went ahead and the 1000s, the, the XM3s dropped in price point a little bit. They're on sale. I had a little bit of, uh, rewards points on my Amazon card and boom, next thing you know, I'm spending $220 on a nice pair of wireless headphones. And how are they? Fantastic. If you enjoy listening to audio very crisp audio if you enjoy uh active noise cancellation where you, it sounds like you're isolated in your own room cop these i mean from and and check out the reviews too first see if you want the xm3s or the xm4s the xm4s do seem like they are worth the upgrade if there's not much of a price difference to be honest because the xm4s are supposedly a little better at canceling out the uh, higher frequency noises so more like voices uh and, and that sort of thing but the xm3s you know i got them before the xm4s launched and and i like them i really do like them uh the app experience is great lots of presets in their tuner uh i've been i go through and i switch through them a lot i play around with them when i'm listening to different songs and overall i found it to be a really really nice experience i like the build quality they feel nice uh they're very soft touch uh not very fingerprinty and yeah just overall great uh the hi-fi audio the ability to stream uh hi-fi so it's like high fidelity lossless quality audio it's basically the same quality that you get off a cd 
which I didn't know until now, there was a difference between what I stream off of Spotify and what I stream, what I could stream off of CD, even though I don't stream off of CDs. And it brought me to this service called Tidal. Tidal is another music streaming service. They offer a uh, hi-fi quality at 20 bucks a month, so it's double the price of Spotify. I did end up trying it out. I had a three-month free trial, and I have to say it sounded it sounded really good. Tidal has uh, what they call master versions. It's basically the studio cut, the way that the artist intended it to be listened to for when they finished producing it. Uh, and no edits, no changes to it, no nothing like that since it's been delivered. And there are there are definite changes um, if you are you know an audiophile or somebody who likes to is interested in the way that the artist intended their music or wants to hear it like that. Check out Title. They've got a, they've got a, you know, free little trial. You can check it out. Uh, listen to a couple songs. I played a couple, you know, A and B tests with some songs from Spotify versus Title. I'm trying to make it as even as possible because Title does tend to play a little louder, I guess, at lower volumes, um, or well, just really across the board in general. But it was very good. But in the end, I decided it's not for me. I actually canceled my title thing this morning before it renews. I had another month or so on it, and uh, I'm I'm just gonna stick with my uh, Spotify because I I really like the user interface much better. Oh, one moment, something just came across my screen. Microsoft also confirmed the price. Oh my goodness, Microsoft's next generation. So this is a article from Polygon just dropped. Microsoft's next generation consoles, the Xbox Series X and Series S, will be released on November 10th, Microsoft announced on Wednesday. Microsoft also confirmed the price of the Series X, $499. Pre-orders will open on September 22nd. Oh my goodness. As part of Wednesday's announcement, Microsoft also said it will expand Xbox All Access program to 12 countries. This program essentially allows players to purchase a console and a Game Pass on a monthly payment program, $24.99 a month. All Access will be available. Oh my goodness. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Huh. Microsoft will partner with EA to provide Game Pass Ultimate and PC players and EA Play membership. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, they, this is going to be crazy. Okay, so here they're saying that they are going to be providing players an EA Play membership, and that immediately sparks interest in me as being the most interesting thing. Other than the price point of $4.99, we literally just talked about it, the PS5 coming in at $3.99 and $4.49. Now this gives Sony a reason to say, hey, here we come. They could even come in at $4.99 for their price point and say, look, we are going to match Xbox on this thing we're going to make. And and then we're going to drop the, the um, discless version up to $4.49, which would still be a good price point. I still think, you know, maybe they had $3.99. It sounds really nice. It sounds really nice. It sounds closer to $300 than it does to $400, even though it's only a dollar away. But that's the whole reason for the 99. If you guys really didn't know that, is in the consumer's mind. Whenever you do the 4.99 versus five dollars, it really sounds a lot closer to five, Eve or four, even though it's not. It's a penny away. It's a nice little marketing trick, a nice little you know psychology tactic, whatever you want to call it, 
but it works and it just makes the price point sound nicer and uh i, I don't know it'll be interesting to see uh sony's response to this but this providing this ea um play access to people who have these consoles i think that's what the s is going to be and that even further confirms it that they're going to say hey you're playing on the xbox series s here's an ea play access we know that you need access to this streaming to game streaming so let's give you a little taste let's give you a little little six month taste little 12 month taste however long it's going to be of what you're going to get you're going to see that it plays just the exact same way as you remember it you're just going to stream your games versus whatever that's why we have this 299 console we want you to play you know we want you to play wherever you are we want you to play at your home you can take it with you to work because you won't need to lug around all these uh games and and it won't be as heavy it's half the size of the series x and i, I mean it, it's going to look just as good as the series x and that's really going to be their they're pushing their their pushing point for this series s and it only confirms it even more maybe we'll talk about this a little more next week hopefully hopefully something else comes out and we get a little we get to see a little bit more of that um right the game pass ultimate that they're also including i see now does include xbox live and xbox game pass so that's the game subscription service game subscription service as we just literally talked about the game subscription service xbox is going to offer a free trial they are going to say hey stream games it's going to look just as great this basically confirms literally everything that, that i was just talking about that's crazy um anyways we were talking about the sony w1000xm3s i'll just finish it with this is it worth the price definitely yes worth the price you might want to wait a little bit though holidays are coming up discounts black friday cyber monday prime day all those other fun things you know christmas sales thanksgiving sales all that all that fun stuff um finally one really quick topic for today we'll just kind of burn through it because i didn't realize i'd be running for 40 minutes here disney plus and mulan so i did watch mulan i wasn't really you know all that interested but I, I watched it and i have to say a good movie a really good movie much better than i expected it to be i expected it to be shoving some kind of narrative down my throat the entire time i really hate that i really just want to go and watch a movie and it can tell a story and it can give a message and that's fine with me but i don't want something shoved down my throat and mulan elegantly just displayed the exact same movie that they did when it was originally released in 1998 just minus you know a couple characters and they changed the storyline up a little bit it was great it was really really good if you haven't seen mulan i suggest go and watch it it looks fantastic uh it's a great movie i really liked it uh so and then a little bit after it we finished watching it my brother goes to me and he says all right you know you're the marketing guy here what was the play why mulan why on disney plus what are they doing and i i thought to myself boom this is a fantastic question and i already know the answer to this it seems very clear after watching the movie that this is a test this is disney st sticking their toe in the water and seeing that the water is nice and warm about to full body cannonball into the pool of money that they are going to make they have set themselves up here beautifully they chose i couldn't they could not have chosen a better 
movie to launch this off with. So what is happening here? This is the start of Disney launching all of their movies on Disney Plus for you know a small fee. And consumers are going to pay for it. People have been willing to pay for it. It has been long talked about. They talked about it a, a long time ago. Uh, back towards the beginning of maybe the end of last year, the beginning of this year. Uh, I heard it first on Pivot. Uh, Kara Swisher was saying, look, I would, I'd love for somebody like Disney, for somebody like Universal, to bring the movie theater experience to my home on launch day for, you know, a small fee similar to you know maybe half the price of what you pay in movie tickets to go to see the movies to have them stream it at your house you know you got your own food and stuff there you can watch the movie there at your house and i don't have to deal with the hassle of going out to the movie theaters and and buying all the concessions or whatever and that is exactly what disney delivered here for 30 dollars you could watch mulan at home with disney plus and people ate it App downloads were up 68% on Friday, the day that the movie launched. It absolutely paid off. Why did they choose Mulan? It's an older movie. It's a movie people love. Something everybody can relate to. A, you know, the story of, you know, the up and coming, the, oh man, what's the phrase for it? Uh, you know, the mature into adulthood and you know whatever you want to call it there's some kind of phrase i don't remember uh specifically at the top of the head but basically you know it's, it's a nice movie it's a nice story something everybody can relate to they can you know kind of find something in and it looks great it's filmed beautifully there are uh, excellent scenes the cgi is is very good in it and it's really just a, a smash out the park instant win for disney and so all they have to do is say, all right, let's launch on Disney Plus. Let's see how this happens. And boom, people love it. And now whenever Disney launches something that's not so well known in the household, a name that they haven't heard before, people are going to say, oh, but remember how good Mulan was when it launched on Disney Plus? This is going to be just as good as that. Remember how good the movie experience was on the opening day. We got to sit at home and watch Mulan and you know brand new live action movie this one is going to be just as good and that is the play here is you hit them with a known brand you say boom here's mulan brand new take on it fresh looks beautiful it's got uh you know a good storyline it's just as you remembered it you know maybe we're missing you know a couple key characters but it still feels just as good and people say hey that was, that was pretty good. And Disney goes, okay, now here's something a little new, you know, something we haven't tested before. People are going to be like, but Mulan was great. This ought to be just as fine. And they will pay for it. They will pay for it. It's basically setting themselves up to launch whatever they want on Disney Plus, and people will eat it up. And clearly the Mulan thing paid off. You know, as I mentioned, app downloads were up 68% on launch day. I can't wait to see when some numbers come out and Disney starts talking about how fantastic Mulan performed. I, I mean, shareholders are going to eat it up. The consumers are going to eat it up. This is a win, win, win. All Everybody wins here with this one. People are saying, I'm not going to pay $30 for Mulan. Those people are few and far between. I guarantee you the the actual general Disney fan is going to pay $30 for Mulan. They're going to pay $30 for the next Avenger movie. They're going to pay $30 for the next Marvel movie in general. They're going to pay $30 for whatever Disney releases next because this movie 
absolutely killed it. That's that was their whole play here. That was the whole strategy was to introduce a new concept, streaming movies at home on the day that they launch versus in the theater at a reasonable price point, $30 to eventually lead you on later and say, "All right, now here's some movies you've never seen before. Here's some from some directors you've never heard of before. Here's some concepts you've never uh, seen before in a movie, but look, Mulan was just as great, so go ahead and buy this. Boom. There it is. Instant. Foot in the door. They are off sprinting with this one. Uh, and then, really quick, a quick little rumor around Disney movies. So, it was rumored uh, back at the beginning of last month, actually, I think, that Disney is dropping their whole, you know, social justice warrior agenda and content and refocusing on what the audience's fan base want. Is this true now this is obviously you know a little controversial people have been saying you know oh disney needs to like change the way that they're doing things and they saw it in star wars ray was set up to be a nobody in the last jedi she didn't come from a big family and that's you know supposed to you know send this positive message out to people and the fans didn't like it the fans didn't like it then they immediately reversed they switched gears into rise of skywalker rise of skywalker uh, if they played out all three movies like they did with Rise of Skywalker, I think the trilogy would have been an absolute hit, the brand new trilogy, but they didn't, and I think that really screwed them over there on the second movie, and they're finally, you know, deciding to wake up, they're like, look, we don't need to push these agendas down people's throats, we don't need to, you know, be shoving this in their face and constantly, um, pushing these different ideologies, we just need to hit people with the stories they love, we can, you know, give them a teaching them a little lesson, you know, in Mulan, you know, she, everybody's like, oh, you know, a woman can't serve in the army, a woman can't serve in the army, a woman can't serve in the army, and then boom, Mulan saves the emperor from the evil invaders of the north, and everybody loves her, and it changes everybody's mindset around the whole situation. That's a good story. That's a good message. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the first time. I enjoyed it this time. And they really didn't shove it down your throat as being like, oh, we in China, we hate women. In China, we hate women. In China, we hate Oh, Mulan's around? All right, now we love women. Okay, it's it's they were a little more subtle than that, right? And they, 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 they played it up the way that it actually occurs in the real world. They didn't, you know, over-exaggerate anything. They didn't you know, try to shove it down your throat that this is what was happening. They they just kind of like laid it out there and allowed the movie to progress. And that is really the way that it should have been done. And uh, clearly we saw it screw them up in The Last Jedi. People absolutely hated The Last Jedi. And then Rise of Skywalker was also hated because of that, because they just tried to recover from The Last Jedi. They tried to turn so much of the narrative around to try to bring it back to where it should have been. And uh, that one that one flopped. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the movies. Uh, I thought they were all, you know, fantastic. Not fantastic, but, I, you know, I really enjoyed them. Uh, I thought the final one was fantastic. I really liked it. I thought some scenes in them were fantastic. The ship getting cut in half and, and exploding when she jumped to light speed and crashed into um, the big carrier ship. Fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, mainly this rumor was really around... Uh, Marvel content and, and focusing on Marvel content and and one of the big things recently has been Captain Marvel or Brie Larson the actor who's playing Captain Marvel um, you know she's been very very vocal on her uh, political stance and and her ideologies and and all these other kinds of things and you know that's fantastic do what you want 
but don't like it tried to get shoved into the movie and you really can't do that these these are stories about characters we're not trying to you know bring the public into one side of the political atmosphere or another you should really be telling a story and i think that's kind of where disney lost the narrative and hopefully that this rumor is true they're going to pick back up the narrative they're going to try to tell a story with their movies they're not going to you know try to do something that they're they're not they're not going to try to be a political commentator they're not going to try to be you you know uh i i don't know just they're not going to try to be something that they're not i guess that's really the best way that they could put it and um one of the main things that I did mention was Scarlet Witch or Elizabeth Olsen, the, the actor who plays Scarlet Witch, is going to be taking over the lead role in Avengers instead of Captain Marvel, considering how uh, poorly she was received. Obviously, it's one of the best movies, but fans really didn't like her, mainly because of Brie Larson and, and all the previous things that I mentioned. You know, she's she seems to be an all right person, but really it's like you're in this kind of atmosphere where, you know, you should kind of not necessarily you know keep those things to yourself but it shouldn't be the main focus of your personality and i think that's kind of what came across uh from her in these uh in the interviews and kind of in the movies and and whatever and really we should focus on the content we should focus on the story we should focus on all right this is avengers you know it's superheroes versus the villains let's let's get back to that all right let's get back to that and hopefully uh this rumor is is actually true so with that we'll finish up today's episode a lot longer than i expected i expected it to be like shorter than 30 minutes to be honest now we're we're here clocking at 52 minutes so thank you guys for joining me on this return episode i don't really have much of a little wrap up but basically uh what we talked about today we talked about some smartphones surface duo the upcoming pixel devices and the pixel 4a that already launched talked about the apple event as well as the call of duty cold war events the both of them one of them occurring today the call of duty cold war and one on the 15th the apple tech event then we talked about NVIDIA 3000 series, GPUs, and why the sudden improvement occurred. We talked about the PS5 and the Xbox Series S and X. Uh, we quickly mentioned that article there briefly uh, after we talked about the Sony, Sony WH-1000XM3s. Then we talked about Disney Plus and Mulan and a little rumor that I spotted uh, way back when. It, it actually came really quick about the rumor, I guess. It came from a YouTube channel. Uh, obviously not the most credible source, but he did say he got it from higher up in Disney, and it does kind of, you know, seem to be confirmed with with some of the other content that they're producing recently. Um, anyways, as always, if you have a question, comment, topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast@gmail.com. That's realtechhourspodcast@gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at realtechhours to stay up to date with the latest podcast news and updates. As always, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts at.